0: Welcome to so you couldn't be a pop star. The show where we talk to people who might not be pop stars but are obsessed with their careers and find out what it takes to get there. We're your hosts, Mandy and Sarah with but what is next.com. All right. Welcome back to another episode of So You Couldn't Be a Pop Star. Uh, I am without my co-host Mandy today because as you might have heard on episode one, she works in productions. But uh, that means that she gets pulled into a lot of really fun projects. So she's pulled into a really fun project right now and couldn't join us. But I am joined by the amazing Julia Hubbard.
1: Oh my goodness, you're so sweet. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here and talk about this. I'm ready.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we are elated to have you. I think your story is really powerful. And what you've done with your life is just amazing. You are, like, for my listeners that are listening, I chatted with Julia a couple nights ago. And she is a ball of energy, this little, like, (laughs) spitfire that, like, like a storm. She's like a storm that, like, torrents through everything, but in the most delightful way. (laughs)
1: I'm a nightmare for those who are abusers, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but I have a lot of fun doing it at the same time. There you, gotta, you go. You just got to kind of do there it. There
0: you go. I love it. So, Julia, the question we always start with on these is we want you to think back right. to when you were nine years old okay. and what your dream job was. What did you want to be when you grew up when you were nine years old?
1: Well, I honestly, I wanted to be a comedian. I've always been a performer. Oh, um, you I mean, know. No? Um, shocker, everyone. Shocker um I wanted to be a performer um I didn't really know what that was gonna be but I had a love for law enforcement as well um was always Rosanna no ma'am um always had um kind of a a love for justice and a love for comedy and you know that's kind of what I I didn't know exactly right but I I definitely wanted to do something where I was gonna be um Making people laugh because I think that's important, mm-hmm. even when it sucks. I think you know humor is super important, but it's funny because I ended up there. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like so right. Cause I totally it, it worked out. I never would have realized that it would it work out like this. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, it's it that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a. I wanted to be a comedian and do long. I've always wanted to run for office. That was huge for me. I oh, okay. could never make that make sense for me. Like in my brain, uh-huh. that would happen now. It makes a lot of sense. And I think that I'm well, away. Right. But, um, those are my dreams. And frankly, they're all kind of coming true, you know?
0: Yeah. So talk about that. So let's talk about, you know, where you wanted to be and what are you doing now? What's your, yeah. what's your day-to-day life?
1: Well, so right now I'm working on a documentary for my story. Um, I've got an agent and entertainment attorney and a publicist. And I'm, um, I'm basically putting together the deals to uh, tell this whole story, not just to filmmakers, but to the documentary, a film, a book, and then speaking engagements, which is wonderful. Um, I (laughs) recently became board certified as a criminal profiler. Um, So that was amazing. So I've got like an insight in human. I'm also a board certified human trafficking investigator. So what that really wow. lent to me was not only am I a trafficking survivor but i have the other perspective and i think that's yeah. really powerful for people who i i have found experts in human trafficking that don't know what they're talking about right they just don't and and it it makes me nervous because you're going to lose people like me in that process and so um and i was missed i was missed by all law enforcement right. i was missed by everybody and that was so important to me our medical professional so um Right now, it's getting this deal done, which is coming along beautifully at the moment. I've got mm-hmm. um, lots of amazing humans lined up to be meeting with. There's a lot of interested parties. It's never quick. <laughs> Nothing in show <laughs> business. is like, yeah, do will do it. You know? nope. It's not how it works. But, <laughs> but it is, it's, it's definitely moving, and it's really exciting because I feel like I'm going to get to um, to share this story you know, and have some creative freedom over it. And that's really exciting to yeah. me.
0: That's huge. And, you know, that's something that I've often wondered because I am a self-professed, um, professed, thank you, yeah. a true crime documentary yeah. junkie. Like, I love, I love real life stories. I love, I mean, this is why I do this podcast, right? right? Like, right. I love the human experience and, like, how did you get there and tell me what yeah. happened? Like, it's so interesting. And I love that you are getting to have such a strong handle on the creative side of it right. to be able to tell your story from a way where you're not going to go back to it and watch it and right. be like, what? Right, right, right. <laughs> they it's manipulated not my story. That's <laughs> <not laughs> what I meant.
1: Well, see, the, for, for me, what, what really I, I learned was really helpful was that I, the entire time harvested evidence because I didn't know what was happening to me, but I knew it was fucked up. You know yeah. what I mean? I knew it was wrong. I just, there was intimate partner trafficking was not something that was easily Googleable. Um, it wasn't even a, 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 a thing. It wasn't really something right. at the time that we even identified as trafficking. And so for mm-hmm. me, because I wasn't thrown in a van, I wasn't listed on Craigslist or, or and all these things that you normally would associate with didn't happen right. to me. So that for me, I, I like in between evidence, there's just screenshots of me trying to figure, like Googling these types of abuse and seeing right. if anything would fit. It's like thousands of those pictures, be in between screenshots wow. and in between, you know, my conversations with 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 him or them or whatever. I mean, so it was like this. It was cra- It's crazy. So, and then yeah. I learned when I started getting serious about shooting it, um, to to film myself in in mm-hmm. in all of it, like diaries, all the things to get really yeah. started. You know, taking down what this process looked like in the the hunt for justice, um. And then, you know, school and court and all of these things. And it just, it turned out to be such powerful footage and, um, and evidence. And in combination, like I said, with that evidence and, and those, those diaries, it's just become a really amazing, um, set of content, you know, and I'm really glad that I did it because now I have it, you know, despite my best efforts to keep me from all of that evidence and it took me years to get a hold of some of the things that I got, like my, mm-hmm. my iCloud and stuff. Like I was locked out of that for years. It wasn't until I um, became certified and really knew what I was doing, to how to get it, you know, right? that yeah. I was able to get it back and get access to my own information. And so now it's just like, blah, it's like right here and so <laughs> much of it. And it's just, it's really exciting.
0: Yeah. So how did you, how did you, okay, so... You started to kind of get your life back together. Right. When did you decide to go and educate yourself on all these various areas that you have these certifications in?
1: Well, so when COVID hit, kitties Um, when COVID hit, I really started to think. You know, I don't want to work in a restaurant for the rest of my life. Right. Um, it was a lot of work, and it's a lot. It, it's not that I'm opposed to work, but it was. It was not a schedule that was conducive to being a single mom either. And so, yeah. I had an organization that helped support me and put me through school and would help kind of pay bills in the process, too, so I didn't have to take on any debt. That is amazing. And so I just was like, you know, I've been investigating him this whole time because this whole time I've been in contact with law enforcement, who, mm-hmm. by the way, has done very little, if not anything. Yeah. Um, and it's just because I have kicked down every door. I was right. like, no, listen to me. No, yeah. what about this? What about this? You know, and they're like, well, yeah, but we're, we're taking down a, an organized crime. Like, get, get out of here. Yeah, yeah get out of here so i was i was really frustrated and what i wanted for me part i thought maybe part of my healing process was to become more educated about human trafficking in general so That's the smart. way i identified that was important i called the human trafficking legal center or i'm sorry not the human trafficking, legal center, different, the human trafficking <laughs> hotline to, for kayla because i wanted to get help for her i didn't know what to do you know so i called and human so just really quick
0: hotline. as a reminder kayla is your
1: Sister my survivor, sister, survived. which I love yeah. how you call her that. Well, my sister survivor, and and I called and I said, "Hey, hey, hey! I really need my. Help. I was so panicked. I was out of my mind. It was sure. before I got custody of the baby, and so I called them and I was like, okay, I need help. You know, it's mean? I just like yeah. um, I think my my uh, my friend is being trafficked, and I need this. You know, I don't know, but I, I, it's any resource. You know, and I was just yeah. hungry for resources at that point, and desperate." And they said, Miss Hubbard, we're, we're gonna help you. And she was so patient. Oh. She, said, she said, Miss Hubbard, before we move forward, I just have a couple questions for you. And I said, Let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> Let's I'm go. Ready. And, I'm ready. and she said, um, did he take all of your money? And I said, Well of course he did. Yeah. He was my husband. You know what I mean? Like in my brain and then I heard my feminist ass self say that. Yeah. Who had that money for quite some time and went yeah. Oh, that was weird, you know? And then she said, When was the last time he sold you? And I said, he told me we needed legal fees for. <gasps> and I just, she goes, take all the time you need with that. Oh. And it was just this moment of just anger, rage, all of it, the whole thing. I was like, I'm a traffic. Driver. I'm a traffic. Driver. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! You know, it was like yeah. this whole my brain raced and exploded, and um, that was really the beginning of my journey. So when I got summer, which because all of it was about getting my daughter, everything right. was about getting. Just get the babies out of there. Airlift the babies. For Christ's sake, get the babies out of there. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it was all I was doing was really researching how to be an attorney and all that. But now that I had this trafficking, I was like, ah, okay. So I really pivoted in my family law stuff to be like, we are trafficking survivors, you know? Yeah. So um, after I got her on February 7th, 2020, which was amazing and maybe one of the greatest days of my whole life when she came home, is um, I... I really started to go, oh, look, I'm good at that because yeah. I had prepared all this evidence in court. That's how I did it. And I really learned that maybe I did want to go back to the things I wanted to do as a kid, which is yeah. be, kind of be an investigator or, you know, it was also in an effort to help law enforcement because they seemed so blasé about right. it to me. So I was like, well, I could go take these courses. And at first, you know, that's really all it was. And yeah. so I learned about, I became a uh human trafficking investigator through that through the programs and then i went oh i'd love to be a profiler and that took a lot longer but it was worth it and um at first i just got the training and then you have to wait and pass all these things and criteria for board and all of these other things and oh wow it was really like law enforcement because i didn't have a bachelor's degree law enforcement basically came together and said miss ebert has been working her ass off on this case for a long time and we think that you know this qualifies her you know and all of this so i had like letters from all over which was amazing and um, that's really how it happened. And it, and it was just such a, it was very healing for me because learning about him kind of made it all make sense to me. Sure. You know, like, okay, I understand my victimology. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. That's how that happened. You know? And and for me, it was kind of healing. So, and, and really in the midst of all of this, I, I don't do anything slowly or quietly. Um, <laughs> I got involved with different groups that were passing, putting forward new legislation. I understood how to get a bill passed and what you, what a patron is and all of these things. I, there were so many things that I was doing and um, inadvertently <laughs> and also consulting <laughs> for law enforcement and, and kind of help, helping them with other cases and all this other stuff. What I really ended up accidentally becoming as a subject matter expert that I was asked to speak for Congress and Virginia state Congress and all of these things. And, as a witness, and it just became. I was like, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, you know, this is this is what I want to do with my life. And um, I worked as a as a waitress and a bartender because managing was too much sure. to be a mom. Yeah, uh, I and I just I made plenty of money, and so I was like, let's just do that. And um, you know, I I didn't need much. I just wanted was that it? Um, just wanted to um, figure out where my place was, and then. It's so funny. I tell people all the time, what if it could turn out better than you could ever imagine? Because what happened was I just did what my passion was and everything came from that. Everything. It was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but I definitely want to do it. So I just did it and I did it my best. And it ended up being so much more beautiful, you know, than I could have ever imagined. The documentary and all these things that are happening. It's like, and even things I can't talk about. There's so many good things happening right now. And and it's, it's because I really, I really decided my goal and the name of the documentary we we hope is unfuckwithable. I wanted to become somebody who was unfuckwithable that you couldn't (laughs) look at and go, Nope, you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You know, and now you can't say that, you know, you can't tell me that I don't know what happened to me. You can't tell me that I imagined it or that I'm crazy. Um, you know, and so that was my goal was to become someone so formidable mm-hmm. in court for him that he, I could not be dismissed.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So that was so important to me because he scared, He's back then he scared me and yeah. the, the fear was to have the baby, but not have the mm-hmm. baby and have her be in that situation. And God only knows what would have happened.
0: Exactly. Um, Absolutely. And so
1: that was really what that was about. And that's why I did it. And unbeknownst to me, it was, it became my passion at the same time, yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: Oh my gosh! So one of the things that you've touched on a couple of times that I want to circle back to, and this is something that I know as well from my own experience. And you know, we've talked about this one on one, but there seems to be a large number of women who have gone through human trafficking, but don't know that that's what's happening to them. Right. I would say ninety nine percent, right? And so I, I yep. found it interesting that you you mentioned that a couple times where you were like, "Yeah, I didn't even realize." Like, oh, that like that epiphany moment when you were on the phone. Yeah, it's crazy. With- you know the help center. It's like, oh my god, that's right. Wait a minute,
1: <laughs> holy shit! Oh, yeah, like, I've been
0: no, trafficked.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, is that what that is? And 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 what was interesting is that intimate partner trafficking goes largely unrecognized because it has all the hallmarks of domestic violence. Right. But when you add non-consensual sex to that, <laughs> right, right, you're you're right there. And yeah, and it's 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 also doesn't even have to be sex. It can also be. Yeah dressing up in lingerie it can be so many things that he was forcing me to do and making me believe that they were for my benefit right you know and it's the same thing it's just there's no van and no handcuffs you know I mean but I was a prisoner I was a prisoner because if I left I wouldn't have access to the prescriptions that I would have Mm -hmm. procedures if I didn't take um that I now am chemically dependent on um yeah that I would never have custody of my children I would Mm -hmm. never be able to fight him in court with all these mammoth human beings that he's oh yeah these enormous human beings in life that are very well respected. Yeah. So I was really genuinely stuck. And um, I didn't even recognize that for what that was at the time. It, I, of course. And nobody does. So, you know, I didn't even realize I was labor trafficked until I was teaching law enforcement.
0: Right. <laughs> right. So <to laughs> I, you, I was I like, this wait out. a minute. Like, does a lot of this come from, you think, just lack of education out there? Do you think, because, I mean, I know, like I you said, you were Googling, like, what was happening right. to you, tra- and there was, like, one thing that popped up for right. partner trafficking. Like, right. it's just, I just, things- is it a lack of information? Like, what do you think that is?
1: I actually think other people are far better at recognizing it than we are. Because That's what happens point. is, is when you're doing it, when, when you're in the situation, it's just your life. You right. don't realize that, that he's benefiting in whatever way that is. You don't know. This is just, I thought I was swinging. Yeah. I thought I was just doing what he required because of his weird sexual deviancy and having control over my body. He sterilized me. I mean, like all these things. So like, I didn't understand for me, that was, there was no way to identify that because I didn't even know he was exchanging hands or, or, or favors. I didn't understand that that was the gate to get to all these things that he wanted and could do. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like I didn't know I was the gatekeeper of that. So, um, and, and it just doesn't occur to you, you mm-hmm. know, I mean? like you don't go, this is trafficking. And like a couple of times I was so drugged that I would wake up and see money exchanging hands. And I was like, what? And I feel yeah. like I definitely just had sex, you know? Yeah. But even then he would, he would make it seem like
0: it was unrelated. That
1: I was losing my mind that that Uh-oh. didn't happen. It's just us. There was nobody here and gaslighting's a real thing. And frankly, the alternative to questioning that belief system and dismantling that fantasy inside my own head would have required me to lose my children, right? my home, my dogs, my whole life, my medication, the things I thought I needed. I was convinced mm-hmm. that I had to have. So there, you know, if somebody who is a, professor of psychology is saying she's nuts and comes to court
0: yeah that's not a good look for you you know <laughs> like what are you gonna
1: yeah and law enforcement officers and 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 huge there there's just so for me it just seemed like a major power and control I remember I left the police station with a power and control wheel mm-hmm. I've now found the sex trafficking wheel sex and labor trafficking wheel and of course okay. I all of it you know yeah but like the power and control wheel was so powerful for me because I was like oh yeah no all of that but there's other stuff You know, and and it was just kind of this crazy thing where you're just, you know, you just don't know. You just to you, you just had an abusive asshole. You know, exactly. That's what I thought it was, and then it wasn't really until Kayla that I went, oh, Oh. you know, that's what.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Because when she said it, he's selling me to pay rent. I went, that's trafficking. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Without any training. Yeah, but that's why when she asked me on the phone, I was like, "Oh, mm. oh my God!" You know, because yeah, it was—I that- had, I had always thought that was happening, but I couldn't—I couldn't separate my traumatized brain in the situation Absolutely. with the actual memories that I had until someone else asked me.
0: Absolutely. You
1: yeah. know, so it was like this groundbreaking moment. You know, of yeah. like what you know what I mean? wait, <laughs> on it. wait on it um and so that yeah it's, it's that and and there was a really beautiful spiritual experience that I had during that process where the, the baby was being pursued by a cartel I mean, there's just so many things about my story yeah. that are crazy I can't wait for the documentary but um the baby yeah, was being <laughs> pursued by a cartel to take her I have video evidence of it um oh and and text messages from him about it. it it's just a nightmare and during that time period I was as hopeless as I had ever been I was as sad and scared and I had a regular job was like a regular person and just yeah. like my baby's going to be trafficked to settle his debts. It was like, that was the threat. And I, I, I set up, I don't want to say a prayer because I'm very non-religious, but I did. Yeah. I kind of said to the universe, listen, um, I need you to help me because I have exhausted my resources. I called the governor. Greg Abbott has heard from me. Oh my I have spoken to his office. I did everything. <laughs> if you help me save my baby, I will fight this. Till I die yeah. and I meant it. and in that moment I felt the earth give me that strength and it did and I yeah. feel that strength. every time I talk about it I feel like the earth is like power like not 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 ego power like genuine the strength you got this yeah. you know what I mean and I and I I really have called upon that strength many many times mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of one of the most beautiful spiritual experiences that I ever had I felt my ancestors with me and they were like you know not like I didn't see them. I don't talk to them. Right. i yeah. I'm not yeah. that's But I genuinely was like, they're the ones who said, this is how we need to do it. This Absolutely. is how you become unfuckwithable. And I did it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I also want to point out, though, uh, like we talked about the other day, um, that was not just me going, yeah, I'm powerful. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, like I, there were days where I couldn't get out of bed and there were moments where I cried and I, I would drink tequila at 10 o'clock in the morning when she mm-hmm. wasn't here and scream in the woods. Yeah. So I don't want anybody to think that this was just some cakewalk. It wasn't. And, Absolutely. Um, I love the analogy about the caterpillar. If you're, you know, in the middle of becoming a butterfly, you're a gooey, yucky mess wrapped, mm-hmm. wrapped in a bunch of stuff. That's okay. That's part yeah. of the process. And I was, yeah. I was in that for a long time, you know. I was in that for a long time. There was a so, lot of pain. So what did and, that you know, look like?
0: Know, when you were in that space, right? Because I do think that there, there is that period of time. And, you know, like we talked about a couple of days ago, right. um, like I had to do the same thing. My I am, you know, 15 years removed from my experience. Right. And it took me a long time to get to this place now where I'm like, how do we help others? Right. right. So for you, what did that healing and growth process look like i mean i know you just touched on yeah.
1: like you know screaming that, out in the woods but yeah that was part of it that that i mean i think it's it's all the stages of grief right because for me the very beginning was burning down all the fantasies i had about him yeah the, you know the last one i had right was that he would protect the baby yeah and when i realized i burnt that one down you know you you have to come back to the real reality of what happened. And mm-hmm. that was a process. And some of that was just forgiving yourself for laying in bed and ordering pizza for a week. Sure. Some of that is just saying, you know what, the laundry is not more important than, than your brain healing right now, cry, yeah. you need to cry. Some of that is working with crime victims advocates and mm. uh, you know, having people that you trust. My circle is small, but it is tight. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have anybody in my life that's an acquaintance anymore. I just, I don't have time. I'm not interviewing for new friends. I'm over it. I don't right, care. Right, exactly. You know, <laughs> thanks so much. Um, I'm good. But like, I think that it's really important to forgive yourself because I think that people in general have this conception. Like, first of all, they treat trafficking survivors as if they're radioactive, radioactive and more yes. prostitutes. I was never a prostitute. Exactly. So I want to be very clear about that. But yeah. not because that makes, it doesn't make me better. I am the same. Right. But there is a lot of, there are moments where I was like, was I, you know, like, wait a minute. And I had a detective tell me a beautiful thing. He said, "Miss Hubbard, I go, you know, I did do this and I did do that. He goes, "Miss Hubbard, let me explain something to you. You would never, would you have done any of those things had you not been in that situation with this man? And I said, mm. no, sir. And he yeah. said that Miss Hubbard, you are not a prostitute. You are a trafficking survivor. Yeah. And I, it hit me really hard at the time because I needed to hear that. Did well, I make I perfect? No. I did right. stupid shit. I definitely did stupid but it was based on my lack of information. It right. wasn't because I was just like, Yeah, party. You know, yeah. it was <laughs> it was like, you know, surviving in this situation and trying to figure out what makes you feel better. And yeah. you know, so there's a lot of forgiveness involved. You gotta yeah. you know, I you had a child childhood work where you go back and hug yourself Yeah. you know eight-year-old <laughs> <me>. <laughs> you gotta do it and it'll make you just ball but um, yeah it's you know a lot of therapy but I mean honestly I, I've been supported by some amazing organizations that have helped pay my bills while I did that uh, and really helped me walk through some mm. of that pain alone that, who didn't try to religiously indoctrinate me which I super appreciate and I can't talk right. about how much is disgusting <laughs> um like I really I really have been very fortunate. I don't like the word blessed at all. I'm very yeah. fortunate to have found and encountered some of the best, my sister survivor. I mean, yeah. all of these people, it took an entire community to start the process of healing and mm. really process what had happened. The reality of what it is, not my perception of it, Yeah. you know, uh, at the time. And that's a whole thing. And there's a lot of forgiveness involved. Self-care is not getting your nails done for me. And, uh, <sighs> face masks it is it is what do I need today if I were married or if I had a partner what would my partner say to me right now you know what I mean like I'm scared okay babe well what do you need I want want to lay down and I don't want you to I don't want to feel like I have to do anything right now Mm -hmm. other than process what I'm processing okay let's do that yeah you know and then just doing it forgiving yourself for that I think that's that for me is what self-care is and um there's you know, I still have to do it It's every day. It's not like, oh, self-care is um, Right, yeah. It's really an <clears throat> ongoing, all-the-time thing that you have to really focus on doing because it's it's especially for people who have survived incredible amounts of trauma and there was mm-hmm. a lot of violence and there was a lot of other stuff involved. I mean, you, you have to take that time. And it's not yeah. pretty and it's not easy and it's not straightforward. It's just whatever that means for you. And yeah. for me, there were many parts of that process. And one of them was yelling, getting drunk and yeah, yelling Yeah, I
0: love it. That was so with the self-care part, because you, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, you are a dynamo. Like, I, <laughs> lo- I love <laughs> talking to you right now. I'm just like listening. Like, people can't see me, but I'm just like, uh-huh, tell me more. Like, it's just such a, like, experience to listen to. But for the self-care part, for people with personalities like yours and mine, where it's like, go, 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 mm-hmm. I have to keep going, Right. finding self-care, like- how, right. for me, I have to like schedule it. Like I have to literally put it on my calendar. Of, like I'm not doing oh, anything wow. this day. Like I'm right. that, that type A. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. But what does that look like for you? Like how do you, how do you find the time and how do you push yourself to say, I don't need to grind today. I need to you just know, chill.
1: I, I, again, I have to say that I'm very fortunate to be supported by, by so many humans and organizations that I can just go, yeah, nope. You know, today's God. not that day.
0: I can't do that today. (laughs)
1: Um, well it's, 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 it's really healthy, you know, because while I 90% of the time can just go and war, um, there is a lot, you know, I'm processing a bunch of stuff right now because of stuff I can't talk about. And, and uh, to be honest with you, that's so deeply important. Like I'm dealing with so much anger and rage about things that I hadn't processed quite yet. And, um, really trying to process that in a healthy way instead mm-hmm. of, you know, I, I don't go to bars. I don't, you know, I don't, I really am very, um, solitary and, yeah. and, and not in a hermit way. I have lots of friends and things that we do and I have, um, my sister survivor is actually staying with me right now, which is wonderful. And oh, so, that's great. yeah. And so like right now, this is something, some of the stuff that's happening. We, we want to do that with documentary and stuff. And honestly, it's just a joy. It yeah. really is a joy right now to just, um, I need to do that. And I'm a really yeah. good mom because of it. That's the other yeah. thing is that for me, you know, I'm that baby, she's the coolest person I've ever met, first of all. And oh. I fought so hard to get her here. I can't, I got to be able to take care of me because I'm, I, what I learned in trauma, especially is that I was, I am not proud of the mother that I was in that sure. time. And, yeah. and because I couldn't, it was literally like wondering if I was going to die today yeah. every day. And so unfortunately, and it, it makes me so sad, in fact, I'm going cry just now thinking about it, um, I was not the present mommy that yeah. I wish I could've been. You know, yeah. And that makes me so sad because the mom that I am now and the relationship that I have with my baby, the other two kids are are with their dad. That's a whole nother part of the story that'll make you sad and irritate you. I'm fixing it, but it's, it's, <laughs> um, it's, a, it's gonna be fine. But it, it, he actually went back and sided with my trafficker Um, after fighting him for nine years in court, calling him a child molester for nine years, I called my ex-husband and I said, I need you to help me save these kids and help get me out of here. And he said, sure. And then he literally took the kids. I went through this horrific time period that I mentioned to you with the labor traffickers and all that other stuff. And it was, even my ribs were broken, all types of horrific things. And he literally went back. My trafficker emailed him and said, oh, I want your help. And da 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 Can you do this while I take Kayla to do that? I mean, it's, it is horrific. And I'm so angry, and that's some of the rage that I that I think I had really sequestered yeah. for a long time. Now I am poised and ready to tackle that mm. in a in a new way, and it's going to be fine. But yeah, um, one way or another, my kids will see this documentary and go, "Our oh. mom's not a prostitute." And that yeah. was, by the way, that's the everything I did was for these kids. Frankly, yeah. it was to get myself safe and to 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 get okay. But really that came from wanting to be their mom. And my children were threatened every day with being murdered from my trafficker. So for me, getting them to my ex-husband was the safest possible thing to do for them. And even though it broke my heart, I was a disaster. I was a disaster like I can't describe. So it's like, you know, they couldn't have been there for these things. And I wouldn't have exposed them to the things that I was being exposed to. gunfire in the home and stuff? Absolutely not. Yeah. so that's you know I mean it, it that's there's a lot of I don't I don't even know what the question was now but there's a lot of you know what I mean yeah. like there's mess to clean up and and it's uh it's not a straightforward path to fix it you know yeah. the reason I did everything was so that my kids one day would go oh my god our mom did that yeah my mom is an expert witness for congress my mom is a criminal profiler my mom fought to keep me safe absolutely that's what she did and they'll know that they will yeah. know that. and That's and, all happening in progress right now.
0: Yeah, and you know, so the original question was about prioritizing self-care, but right. you touched on all that. Yes, and that's a yes. big part of what you're teaching your kids. You're not only teaching yes. them that like, I am a force to be reckoned with, and as you said, unfuckable, which I <laughs> love that. Unfuckable, uh, yep. Unfuckable, there it is. <laughs> yeah, wait, is different, hang on. But you're also teaching them that it's okay to prioritize yourself, and in fact, yeah. it's, it's important. Um, and
1: the most important thing I'm teaching my my daughter right now is critical thinking skills, because I think oh, that the most important thing to me that I realized I didn't have was critical thinking skills. If you can yeah. convince a woman that there is a bearded man in the sky that literally is holding over, learning over power over everything, mm-hmm. um, then you can probably feed her anything, right? You know, and so I, I very much hate religious indoctrination. I think it is child abuse frankly I'm just gonna say it mm-hmm. and um in my home we teach kindness my daughter got three kindness awards last year I'm Aww, so proud well, of, of girl girl. we did a whole shebang yes I took her shopping I took her to the to the mall we went like had dinner at her favorite restaurant every time that yeah. kid is kind she's wonderful and um I can't take all the credit for that because she's mm-hmm. just awesome yeah but the truth is is that we've been through a lot and yeah. she's starting to kind of get it I mean I haven't I, it's not appropriate for me to sit down and a ten, 10 year old, a 11 year old, and be of course, like, yeah. so This is what I love, you know? Yeah. Uh, but um, she, uh, she knows her dad is a very sick man mm. who has a lot of problems. And she knows we've been in the same home for three years. Yeah. She's safe. She's happy. She's class president. She's, like, she's a good kid. Oh, oh, my God. You know, like, she's a really good kid. She's well loved. Yeah. All the neighborhood kids will just come walk in the back door. I mean, like, we have the life that I always wanted for her. Yeah. um friends with all the neighbors everybody knows your name hey honey you know what I mean like it's a, a normal life and she's not really ever had that right but she also has a mom that she can come to and go mom what is this you know yeah. and I can go I'm gonna do you want the world's answer you want mine or you want both and she always yeah. says both That's and I'll tell girl and I you know, that that's a, a way that men control women, honey, and then uh the world would tell you not. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But that's what it is and you know, and she's like, that makes way more sense. You know, and then but I let her kind of decide for herself. I don't want her me to be the only authority of information. Yeah. Um I, I, I'm so proud of her for trusting me with that because she does think that I have, you know, information for her. And I'm so grateful for that because she's so amazing and you know she like i said she's just my friends will literally call and go is summer home cool we're gonna come over." you know what i mean um it's hilarious i mean like screw you you just want to see the kid yeah yeah that's fine that's you can have tacos while you're here yeah exactly (laughs) fine fine um but she's just so cool and it was worth i would have done all of it all over again just to get her safe just so to get her out is she,
0: is she aware of all that you're doing with like your it, law enforcement and your lobbying and all that? God, that's so yeah. cool, man. she's she so proud.
1: she saw i she's not an emotional kid. she's very stoic. Mm-hmm. She's very together, which shocks me because we've been through some shit. Yeah. Um, she saw my my interview on television came on on TV Ooh. and um she goes, she cried. she literally Aww. she went. She not sad. She just turned to me all oh, and she goes, "Mom, I am so proud of you." Oh, and my she heart. just hugged me. I know and I was like, "Oh." She's like, "What are you doing today?" I was like, "Well, I'm setting I'm setting up my whole thing to testify for Congress." And she's like, "You're what?" You know, I mean, she oh, gets it and she yeah. she's like, "My mom's a criminal profiler." <laughs> you know, what I mean, so <laughs> she's really proud and I told her, you know, for me accepting your kids for who they are not who we mm-hmm. want them to be is so important. Yes. yes. And She's different than me, and she wants to do what you know. I told her the only thing she couldn't come home as is a Trump loving Republican, otherwise, it'll be fine. <sighs> like, that'll be fine. Everything else is fine. Just don't come home and tell me that you're, you know, start crossing oh yourself god. and you know, I'm go to Trump rallies. <laughs> She'll be fine, you know what I mean? <laughs> She'll be fine, just not that. Um, but I mean, honestly, she's her hero is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She wants to be a Supreme Aww. Court justice or a neonatal surgeon. Oh my god. Yeah, well wow. she likes Freeze anatomy. We're into that right now. Um Oh my god, so, so cute. <laughs> she's you know, she's just and it, 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 it's it's really just watching her and following I I try to give her everything. You know, my parents did the best they could. They they were uh-huh. Mormon and so you know, you do your best you can with what you have, but right. I try to love her just the way she is. Yeah. You know, just you. I just want to be with you. And yeah. because she's still loving, she still likes me. And so oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be sad when she doesn't. Um but you know, she's really excited about the beautiful life that that, that we're building. And and it, it is it's not just me. It's everyone. It's she's yeah. part of it. She has choices and she, you know, there's just it's it's a I I can honestly say I'm the happiest that I have ever been. Um, and it's because I followed what I wanted to do. And yeah. uh, I love the mother that I've become. More importantly than any of the, the accomplishments that I've of ever course. gotten is that I'm, I am a present together mom
0: yeah. who has
1: time, space, and um, the bandwidth yeah. for whatever she needs from me. And I did not have that. And I'm very sad about yeah. the time I did it. But, you know,
0: you're making up for it now. And it sounds so, so cliche. She's but, I so mean... It sounds like you're doing a great job. So I'm trying. that's awesome. <laughs> so I do want to backtrack really quick. Um okay. got probably probably about ten minutes left. So I'm gonna backtrack really quick and just ask you a little bit about when you first started doing your research into the programs and certifications and all that kind of stuff. Right. Clearly, you started at Google because that's what everyone does. Or did you not? Right.
1: Well, sort of. So, interestingly, I reached out to some of the law enforcement that. That's actually not how it happened. Interestingly, I called. Oh, okay. I was already in touch with Homeland Security on cases, um, my own, but others, and because um, I met, started mentoring, so. I would have, I've never had the pleasure of working with anyone but a woman. So when I say women, I don't want to seem like I'm being non-inclusive. Of course, um, but right. But for women, these other women had these cases. And so I would touch base with them. And I said, hey, you know, what do you think about, you know, I'm almost, I was almost 40 at the time. And, you know, and they're like, well, the cutoff for federal is 40, except under special circumstances. But, you know, you're really good at this. What I would suggest yeah. is that check out the McAfee Institute. And um, that's what they use to, uh, in many cases, to become, you know, these different certifications in order to work in different roles and, and, Interesting. Um, and, and all of that. And I was like, well, hell, I'll start there. You know, yeah. I also took some public speaking through Elevate Academy, which is Rebecca Bender's program oh, and cool. um, media training and stuff. And so I did that, but I really felt like nonprofit is not really what, where I saw myself. I loved the mm-hmm. investigation side. So I started, though, I started out with the human trafficking course, the human trafficking investigator course, mm-hmm. loved it. Um, flew through it because I wanted, I was like soaking it up. I was like, okay, Oh yeah. my God, this is perfect. This is everything yeah. I've ever wanted to learn. Plus it helped uh-huh. me be a better advocate in law enforcement. I, at the time I was like, I'll just be a better advocate when this is over. You yeah, know? definitely. And then I, I wanted some of the courses you can't take unless you have some sort of other stuff. And so I was like, Oh, that's not going to work. Yeah. But I made, I, I made, I became uh, in contact with, or came in contact with, um, the C- oh! at the time who reached out to me and asked me how I was liking my courses. And I just expressed to her that I really had, you know, these were my goals and this is what I wanted to do. And she's like, well, under special circumstances, rarely, but under special circumstances, we can actually bypass the bachelor's degree programs and things that, that you have to have beforehand. Um, if we have, you know, official letters from government and law enforcement. And I had a plethora of those. Yeah, of course. And she was like, so it, it, my mind exploded. So I decided to do the open source intelligence, the social media, um, intelligence expert courses and became cool. board certified in all of them, including criminal profiling, so which cool. was definitely the, the hardest, but the coolest. I took all my board exams and then had to wait for the board to approve the, um, all of the letters. Um, one of the head of the human traffic, the head of the human trafficking division wrote me a letter, um, here in Virginia and said, Julie has been working on these things for you know X many years. And yeah. Furthermore, she's been working on her case for this long and we believe that she deserves. It. it was a really sweet letter. And so all of those things kind of fell into place and they approved it. And so I oh, was wow. able to get that. And so it's almost as if I was able to bypass the the bachelors, you know? Oh, that's and awesome. That was that's so huge. awesome. Right. Yeah. Because I, I, I'm 40. I don't want to do that. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I will do, do it. I, right. But <laughs> yeah. like, give me a break y'all. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Just go look at my life history.
1: I promise you I'm yeah. qualified. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I mean, it's a good story. So, I mean, and, yeah, and, and then, you know, I realized that I'm still a performer. And so instead of going directly actually into law, it was a process, right? Because like, right. even I, I was invited to participate in the Governor's Survivor Advisory Board. And then one or two things happened and I couldn't. And then a bunch of other stuff that I'm working on now happened. And there's so many things. But when I started testifying for Congress and doing and getting really active in policy, I realize that real. I'm a problem solver by nature, yeah. and for me, I don't like nebulous problems. Mm-hmm. I want to go. That's fucked up. I want to fix it, yeah. and and just tackle that. And so, policy is so great for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm on the horn with so Senator Corn's office, going, "Hey, that tax rel- that survivors, that uh, human trafficking survivor tax relief act. I'd like to testify for that, and I want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Th- this is what's happening, and and all these things. And so. I really just got active and I found a coalition. I'm a senior board member of the Virginia coalition against human trafficking. Wow. And all of that happened because I was invited to participate as a a survivor. Then I was asked to participate more. And, and it was because of the work and policy and the love for it. And, um, so all of these things kind of happened in tandem. And, um, it, I really just did what I thought was best next, you know, like I didn't know what that was going to turn into. Um, but I, I, then I had been working on the documentary for three years. And I, wow. I said, I reached out to an entertainment attorney and I said, listen, I'd written my story down and I said, this is it, mm-hmm. um, can you help me? And he's yeah. like, you're great on camera, I've seen all your stuff. And you yeah. know, that's how I did an agent and a publicist and all these things. And so it became this beautiful thing where I realized I could elevate that voice and I have boundless energy for justice. I have, ba- <laughs> it, it, it is the reason my feet touch the ground I, I am not even interested, like, how do I put this? I want to see justice and I'm going to get it. Um, and it's, it really, for me, I'm not exactly sure how that's all going to happen. Um, I've got some ideas, but I mean, I'm doing everything I possibly can do to bring these people to justice. And really the goal after that is to start a show where I tell other people's stories. I um, love
0: it. And be yes. like the John
1: Walsh of like trafficking, oh, and then because what I wanted so badly was to tell my story, to hold up yeah. yeah. no ma'am. to hold law enforcement, feet to the fire. And then what happened was is I realized there are so many other survivors like me who mm-hmm. are not getting the attention that they deserve, and nobody Absolutely. is taking them seriously. And it's very hard to prosecute for a myriad of reasons. So yeah. for me, telling my story was the first step in doing that. Yeah. Um and so I want to do that. I I I love I love that work. And I've done so many interviews because of it because I it's so important to me that other people hear what I have to say and go, "Oh my god, me too." Yeah. That makes sense. Wait, that's trafficking? Cuz yep. people don't know that forced begging is trafficking. That doesn't mm-hmm. just mean hand handling. That's yep. not what that means. Like there's a lot and the laws are very broad and yeah. um, that people don't know that. You know? Exactly. They don't know that. It's just exactly. kind of You know, people just don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, I must say, I love, you know, how we started with, you know, you (laughs) wanted to be this performer, like law enforcement, be president. Frankly, I would not be surprised to see you on the ballot (laughs) in the next 20 years. I'd be like,
1: I don't want to be president. (laughs) Oh my God. President is a hell of a thing. And I think that I'm going to leave that to somebody else. But I would like to run for Congress. I genuinely believe that Congress. I can get some of these laws and some of these things that are deeply important to me, not just for trafficking survivors, but the inequities in, in our society in general, Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I, I deeply am passionate about that. And I love to speak and I love to teach and mm-hmm. um, I really love legislation. I've gotten really into yeah, that now. So, um, you know, I'm definitely more qualified than many.
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: at this yeah. point, <laughs> you got some crazies in the house right now.
0: Gosh, I love it. But you just your whole story is just so impactful, so empowering. And, you know, just looking at the lens of things, taking out, you know, the the power of what you went through, but also looking at that full circle of okay, I started here with this desire and now I'm doing it. And now my dreams of yeah. doing this, that, and the other, it's all coming together for you. And that's yeah. just it's like stories like this just give me chills because I love it.
1: It's yeah. Like, yes. In fact, I want to say that quote, okay, because I had a great mentor at yes, the, the beginning, and she said something to me that changed my life forever. And I think it's one of the most important things that any survivor, anybody who's struggling, every, just people in general. And she said to me, Julia, the universe doesn't give us what we want, it gives us what we actually are. And when she said that, oh, I got chills just now. I mean, I, know, I me too. knew. I woke up as Congresswoman Julia the next day. Yeah. I did the things she would do. I took my baby to lay flowers at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. We were invited. I can't even believe that. It's like the biggest honor ever. Like these things, it was was me going, I want that. I want to change the world. There's so many things that I want to do in this world. So I'm going to start now. Yeah. You know, what do I got to do? Let's Google that. You know, let me call this person. (laughs) Let me call this person. And now all of a sudden- you know, I, I met the governor last year. I, I've literally one of one of the bills that I that I helped on uh, through the coalition was passed, and I got to meet the governor and hear my story. And I mean, like, so many amazing things are happening because of that. You yeah. know, that opens a lot of doors, and um, you know, I, I I'm very grateful for for that. And and it, it, it I want to say, you know, it didn't happen by accident. It happened because I I was very well supported and had the freedom to be to do that. Because I couldn't have done it had I just been wondering where the next meal was coming from. Right. Um. So that's a huge piece. I'd love to take all the credit, but it, it wouldn't be fair. You know, yeah. I, I had a support system of human beings in my life and organizations that really they paid for my, all my school supplies and all of my, my computers and my, all the things that I needed for investigations. And, um, you know, it, it, I even, I'm a, I'm a registered private investigator. I don't use it other than to get court documents when I want them right. <laughs> for <laughs> investigations, but it it you know what I mean? Like I did all these things because I wanted to be some unfuckwithable, frankly, and yeah. and and it just it turned out to be you know what if it could turn out better than you could even imagine? That's oh my, my another one, my favorite, and it did. You know, my yeah. I, mean, I get to do this documentary. I get to do these. CNN CNN International has had to reached out to my publicist based on what we've told <sighs> them, even we we don't say names or anything. Of course, but, yeah. Um, but like, there's there's room for that, and and because hmm. my story happened in in such a unique way what happened to us is is not the classic trafficking definition or what people classically associate with that I knew I felt a deep responsibility in it yeah and you know I I was again I was so well supported that I could grieve and grow at the same time and that was I'm grateful I'm so like honestly that would be my number one emotion all the time Mm. is I'm just so grateful the people that have come into my life during this time period um and finding myself has been the most amazing journey that I could have ever asked for. You know, oh. my baby's here. She's safe yeah. and she's home and she loves chicken tacos on Tuesdays and normal <laughs> baby things that you do yeah. with normal children and um you know, if you had told me 5 years ago mm-hmm. that one of these two things would happen, that you would be running for that I would be running for president as a serious candidate for the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Or I would have full custody of my daughter with no access and have a lifetime protective order. Um, And then I'd be a criminal profiler and all the things. I would have said, I guess we're running for president. That's weird. (laughs) Because to me, getting my baby and getting away from him seemed incalculable.
0: Absolutely. And
1: it was just a series of choices every day. What Mm -hmm. the universe gives us, what we are. Well, what I am is a mom. What I am is an investigator. What I am is an advocate. What I am is a policy advisor and, and, a, and, you know, so it just and not overwhelm. I do, I do do that. I get really, well, I'll go so hard course, and then be like, yeah. honey, it's four in the morning, go to bed. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think it's, it's I don't do balance very well Yeah, (laughs) I don't I'm not great at it I'm not gonna lie to you you
0: know what work Um, in progress sometimes is the best you can do and that's okay
1: (laughs) sometimes I just go and then the next day I'm like yep we're watching Netflix all day yep there you go all done. That's it.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, this has been absolutely amazing. I want to give you the opportunity. If you want to plug yourself, like your Instagram, this is how sure, I do. sure,
1: so I'm, everyone knows her yeah. amazing. <laughs> oh, you're very sweet. I started doing that because I thought it was uh, I, like I had so much, I had time and I had energy. I don't have the same amount of energy, put out as much content as I did. Um, but it's Julia at Julia Hub on Instagram, and I try to teach people about what what intimate partner trafficking is. And if I haven't stated it, just to, in conclusion, because I think we kind of dance around just me, what it really is is when an intimate partner take control takes control of your life and um, can brings new sexual partners into the relationship for anything of value to them. That's it. There you go. I mean, in a nutshell. Yeah. And yeah. that's not common. And I want you to know if that's happening to you. That's not normal. He mm. doesn't need that. Even if it's not for money, it's still trafficking. And yeah. um that's really important. And so I try to teach about what that looks like, what forced begging is, that's begging for money, even if it's not on a street corner. If you right. if you have to do that, that's trafficking. So there's just yeah. what domestic servitude is, all of that, I've done all of it. So it's, you know, I think it's really important and that's what I try to do on Instagram. Is really just kind of advocate for you know? Did you know? You yeah, know and this. I can
0: tell you, I learned a lot. Even as a trafficking survivor myself, I had yeah. never heard of
1: intimate oh. partner. And
0: when I found your page, I was like, "Oh my god, like,
1: different, different, <laughs> you know, more
0: interesting, yeah. same but different."
1: <laughs> I know, right? Because I think that people really do, and 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 I I I feel like I stepped into this time this this space at the perfect time because mm-hmm. honestly. Everyone thinks that trafficking either happens at the border, happens internationally, or happens in this way where your kids are riding a bike and they throw them in a van, you know what I mean? Or or whatever, or at a strip club where a pimp comes in. Mm -hmm. And while that absolutely happens, it also happens in just regular American households. And that shocks people when I say it, but it's true. And so it's really important to me that we start waking up to all of it. Yeah. Um, and this is the most misunderstood form of human trafficking that there is, this intimate part of And yeah. I, I think that I was, I really stepped into it at just the right moment to make a difference. And, yeah. um, and I'm really grateful that I did. And I have the energy for it. So might as well, you yeah. know, might as well. And it turned out to be the only reason that I want, it's the only thing I want to do anyway. So it's like, it's amazing. you know, it's really great. And it's you're really crushing exciting. it. I, I love it. it. I hope though. Keep crushing it. Keep trying. Yes, yes.
0: You're doing great. All right, Julia. um, You have been such an amazing person to have Aww. on here. I can't <laughs> wait for people to hear this episode. You're so good. Um, you. So we always end our, we always end our podcast and it's going to sound kind of silly, but we always end it the same way. And Mandy's not here and she usually does this, but we always end it. And you're going to hear me say, we're sorry, but it's not because of you. It's because usually Mandy and I <laughs> go on these tangents and we're like, right. How did we just end up? So to close this out, we just want to say thank you. If you're still with with us, thank you. We're sorry. And you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks so much, Julia. Thanks, honey. <laughs>